Well, hello, everybody. Today, I'm going to have a conversation with Chris. You guys are in for a treat. You're going to find out more about who this gentleman is and what he stands for. And more importantly, or equally as important, his business. So with that said, Chris, I wanted to welcome you to the show. Tony, awesome to be here. Let's dive right in. So let's kick it off with a one word open. If you could share with the audience, what's that one word that's on top of mind for you right now in this moment? Let's start off with that. Right now it's rejuvenated. I just came back from two weeks in Italy. All right, let's go over to wins. If you could share with us a recent win that you had and also tell us your takeaway from it. Yeah, a recent win was last Friday, actually, just a few days ago. And one of my customers, who's uh, one of the, my smartest customers, called me up and he said, so Chris, I'm going to present the following numbers to our leadership team and 45 other sales leaders in my company. And they're in the commercial insurance space. And this is never happened before actually we knew the numbers could be like this but we had you know this is like out of the horse's mouth and he said one line of business the team that's brought up percent year and this is a big company right multi-billion dollar company so we're talking 86 percent versus minus 11 percent you know, you're talking about big, big numbers. And uh, I don't, there was just something about finding out that you're from the horse's mouth, from the customer with numbers right out of their own accounting system that you've moved the needle for them. You've helped them move the needle. Of course, they did most of the work. They had to have the conversations. But uh, that was just uh, super gratifying. And I think it's going to lead to big things. Awesome. Thank you. Let's talk about the other side of that. So failure, sometimes it's a bad thing. Some people say it's a good thing, but it happens, right? So with that said, uh, share with us the recent failure. And, you know, you know, we all have, you know, we come out on the other side and we go, okay, you know, I, I got a chance to learn this. So share that with us if you don't mind. Yeah, we had a spectacular failure here at Connect and Sell that does still kind of uh, great on me. We decided to expand our business and actually do appointment setting. We called it Outbound On Demand. And we thought, hey, we've got the best technology in the world for getting conversations. Why not set appointments for others? And it grew like crazy in the first six months. It was just like a rocket ship. And then it started to fall apart because we didn't have the operational chops to make it work. And we really didn't understand that business. So it was one of those go too fast, get in too deep. And uh, we finally shut it down and work with partners instead. But that one, uh, what, what was galling about it was how much early success we had and, and then how hard it was to admit that we didn't know what we were doing. Awesome. With that said, let's shift gears over to thought leadership. Chris, if you could share with the audience your point of view when it comes to, you know, identifying someone, you go, hey, there is a great thought leader right there. Any term, I think. Um, I think of it sometimes like like, uh, you know, somebody says somebody's a thought leader, I often think it's like somebody saying somebody's a team player. 
you know, it's like, uh, well, it's okay if somebody else says it. If you say it about yourself, there's something seriously wrong with you. And I will not hire somebody who says they're a team player. I know for sure they're a parasite. So, um, you know, thought leaders, I think, are peculiar people. The main characteristic they have is uh, actually the title of one of my favorite books. Uh, Feynman, the, Richard Feynman, the famous physicist, had a posthumous autobiography, if you can believe a, an autobiography after your death, but he, he, his daughter helped pull it together. And uh, the title of it was, What Do You Care What Other People Think? And the point was that uh, Feynman's wife on, on her deathbed noticed that he was starting to frame his thinking around pleasing other people and, and uh, agreeing with them. And one thing a thought leader can't do is just agree with the common wisdom. And I think there's a fair amount of thought leadership out there, I hate to say it, that... Um, that the way, the way it works is there's a fad going on, you know, like social selling or whatever. And people will declare themselves to be thought leaders in that area because they want to be seen as somebody worth listening to in something that everybody's talking about. If everybody's talking about it, you're probably not a thought leader. Awesome, thanks for sharing that with us. I was, that was actually insightful for me. And let's talk about company culture next. So. If you could also share with the audience your take on an awesome culture. Well, yeah, my take on an awesome culture is that every day we're primarily working with customers. It's customers, customers, customers. Their problems are the, are the interesting problems. And we don't have a lot of internal meetings. I actually outlawed regularly scheduled internal meetings the day I became CEO. A few of them have crept in. Every once in a while, I think of pulling out the gun again and shooting those things. Because uh, once people start having meetings with the over and over and over, they start posturing for each other. And politics comes in, and with politics comes parasites, and parasites destroy companies. So, you know, I, I'm a big fan of having almost all of our conversations be with customers, and I keep an eye on that. Second is curiosity. Uh, you know, it's really hard for folks to stay curious genuinely curious. Why did this happen? What's really going on here? But if you want to solve problems and move forward, you have to be kind of, you know, curious, very curious, but neutral about the outcome. You can't always be biased in favor of, boy, I sure hope this shows that I did a good job or that we're doing well. So neutral curiosity, I think is a big deal. And then the other is fun and it's twin brother, sister, whatever, sense of humor. A lot of folks put fun, I think, in the let's do something fun, but the rest of the time we are grimly working. To me, it's like this. If you aren't having fun actually doing the job, you're not taking it seriously enough. It is hard to do these things for a long period of time, and everything is a marathon. So you've got to be having fun while you're, while you're you know, trotting along toward wherever it is you're going. And I think it comes in every meeting. If there isn't some laughter in every meeting, no matter what it's about, we had one two days ago, we had a horrible outage, very mysterious outage that happened. And suddenly the voice quality throughout our system was terrible. And we had to decide we're going to shut it down and restart it. What was the component that was bad? And we all got on ahead of engineering, me, you know, five other people. And if you went back and listened to that recording, there was actually a fair amount of laughter going on, even though it was absolutely dead serious. So Maintaining that lightness of mind, I think, is really crucial to, to doing great things for customers. That was really insightful. Thanks again for 
giving us your point of view on that. So I was, um, I know the audience is also going to feel the same way as just as me. So with that said, I want you to take this opportunity and this time of the conversation, just kind of give out your website address and hit on a little bit more about who you help and how you help them. And feel free to include your social handles because I'm sure the audience is sitting there now they've gotten a chance to know you. Uh, they've gotten a chance to know a little bit about your company. If you could just expand on that a little bit more here at the end, that would be great. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, the website's connect and sell, all one word, .com. Uh, I find our website singularly uninformative. So if you want to learn more, go over to my podcast, which is called Market Dominance Guys, and you'll get the picture in 100 episodes or so of what I really believe, which is that conversations uh, had at pace and scale, great conversations are the essence of driving business forward and of controlling markets. And that's really what we're all about is helping companies dominate markets, not merely stay alive. And uh, I'm, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. I, I kind of have a brand around uh, making long, thoughtful comments rather than just agreeing with people. So I'm easy to find out there. Chris Beal can sell probably the easiest way to find me. You know, what the company is really, really about is just helping companies have the conversations they need in order to dominate their markets. And that often is at the top of the funnel, sometimes as sales development reps, sometimes full cycle reps. And we don't really sell our product properly. That is that it's not like we're going to talk to you and you're going to go, oh, oh, that's great. Now let's, you know, let's buy something. What we do is uh, we call it an intensive test drive. It's a full day of production. Uh, we have a CEO who we've worked with, Tony Safoyan over at SADA, who on his podcast said they made tens of millions of dollars in that test drive itself in those few hours. That's not what everybody experiences, but you know, we want folks to actually experience what's it like to talk to 10 times as many targets, 10 times as many of those people we want to talk to and realize, hey, there's probably room for improvement. We could probably be better at our scripting. And we help with that, by the way, better at uh, actually our delivery. We help with that. We have a thing called flight school that we offer. So we kind of do the whole thing. We're now going into uh, helping with lists more. We're doing a deal with a company called Apollo that has got lists. We've already done some stuff with Zoom Info, but we're going to go in heavy on helping them with their list too. But really, it's all about this. We believe conversations matter. We think you need to have lots more conversations than you're having, and they need to be great conversations that get people curious enough to take meetings with your reps. Awesome. Thank you so much, Chris. Um, now, I'm curious too, so I want to definitely check it out as well. Um, with that said, sadly, here we are at the end. Uh, I, I, this was a meaningful conversation, I have to say. Um, you know, I, I was going to ask you one last question before we you know, conclude this interview. If you could sign us off with a one word close and give us the context on why you're choosing to sign off with this word, that would be great. Sure. My one word close is bigger. And the bigger is because as, for us as a company, as we add the, I'll call it the last piece of the puzzle, the data, I think things are going to get a lot bigger. There you have it, folks. Chris, thank you so much for your time. Hey, thank you, Tony. Bye-bye.